You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Starring Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, and Jason Lewis. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. So sit back and enjoy some Masonic conversation without pretension. And now, here's your hosts, Pete, Larry, and Jason. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Masonic Light Podcast, episode 29. 29. Hey, you know what's really special? We are all here tonight. It's very rare. And we're, we're back in Monarch Studios. Yes, we are. That's been rare lately, too. That's the one thing I kept using up at the Masonic Con. People would walk around, they see my pins on the table for Masonic Light Podcast, and obviously they've never heard of it. Um, so they're like, and there was like three other quality podcasts there, like actually <laughs> doing shit. And I was like, we are the best sounding podcast. We have the best microphones. And that that's how I that's sold fair. it. <laughs> I that said, is, they may fair. have better talent. Better ideas, better everything, but ours is the most listenable because we actually paid $30 for a microphone <laughs> instead of talking across Google uh, Google Hangouts. And you feed the nice. producer with Swedish fish. But, but like the, um, the serious, way too serious Masons were all like horrified by just my actions as usual. And um, the Rep- guys that represent have, Pete, we love you, buddy. The guys uh, that have the personality, uh, they, they, they liked it. Oh, here we are. Yeah, so, okay, we got a lot to cover. Um, Jason. Yeah. You have anything, anything going on the past couple of weeks Masonically? Some exciting things, I hear. Well, it's work. Working a lot up at the consistory. And, uh, yeah, just putting the hours in up there. It's reunion time. Green is next week, and it's due season. So, But I have not been around because of work at the Goose and Gridiron, and I was also out of town when you were up in Masonicon. And, yeah, so not really a lot. Of exciting stuff, just work. Jack, welcome back to the basement. Dun, dun, dun. You uh, missed a week too. So what's uh, what's uh, happening with you masonically? Uh, well, masonically, I've been involved in a redecoration project for our lodge. So that's been taking a lot of bandwidth for me. We haven't got it. We haven't actually made the motion yet to spend the money, but it should come out very nice in the end. Uh, What's on the uh, the plan? What's on the trestle board for the uh, lodge? The trestle board, uh, table lodge this week, Tuesday. I was being facetious. Which I, I was miss. like, "What's on the? Uh, what are you oh, guys? Oh, oh, what fix? is the plan to do? What are you going right. to fix? So we're going like physically in... on the real trestle right. board, not the Masonic right. trestle board. So, so uh, the plan is to fix the basement, right? Because uh, it's been referred to as the beige dungeon, and uh, about in the late seventies, like four seventy year old men came in with four different shades of beige and and did the basement up beige it's just beige floor beige walls beige ceiling it's beige i came in there i took one look at it and i said rats keller this this has to be an old english pub right it's it, it's set up for it it's going to be perfect so we're going to that's that's going to be the motif it should look very nice when it's all said and done but last week my big masonic event was a very good friend of mine. You guys know that we, Ephra Lodge goes down to this lodge in Maryland periodically. Yes, yes. We've got a relationship. They come down, they come up, we go down. 
So um, my good friend Harvey Davidoff, who is a five-time past master of that lodge. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> was, yeah. Is it Quarryville? He's finally got it right. No. Now, after <laughs> yeah. five times, he's got it right. Uh, he got his 50-year award and was being roasted uh, by the whole district, whatever. They meet in the Grand Lodge building in Maryland. So the Grand Master was there. A bunch of Grand Line officers were there. Grand Master was great. He was very, very down-to-earth guy. He got up and roasted Harvey with the rest of us. Um, and it was very nice. So that was my Masonic event for the week. Um, nothing really out of the box, but it was a nice time. It was, he's a good guy, and it was a pleasure to honor him while he's still, you know, face up. Brother Larry, lodge meeting last Tuesday. Um, long pause. That's either a helicopter flying over or... Well, anyway, you want to start this over? No. Keep going. You're all right. Keep going? Okay, uh, Masonic, uh, yeah. Larry, what you, Larry, what did you have going on the past couple weeks? Lodge meeting last Tuesday. How was that? Uh, Goose and Gridiron. We had a nice crowd for uh, the fact that the restaurant was closed. Uh, we ate donuts uh, like every great police officer in the world. We had a table full of donuts. Fritters? Yes, apple fritters. Great day, great day. I can't tell you how sad I am that I wasn't there. Yeah, you missed out. We had so damn many donuts left over, it was unreal. We could have fed the Salvation Army. Did you go to fellowship night? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, actually, I did. And we had a large crowd there uh, as well. It was who, a, was, who was the uh, party pooper that night? Who, who told everybody that their fundraising idea was stupid? Probably you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes, that's right. Yes, yes. Yeah, we were going to sell tickets and lose three, $400. You're right. Yeah, and you, yeah. you stood up and made a speech. So, right, I did. I made a big speech, and I was so... We'll cover that because I think I, Jack, I'm on the same page as Jack with this fundraising thing now. He converted me Uh-oh. to that we're not a um, charitable organization. We're an organization of charitable men. There you go. So yeah, it was a good speech. And actually the whole, the whole audience turned after he did what he did. It was, no, no one voted for it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll cover that now and I'll cover Masonic Con after the break. Ooh, but, ooh, ooh. Yes. I thought of something. Ooh, ooh. What I did. So I forgot. I've been away for a while. At the end of April, I went to the Kite and Key Lodge in Allentown, which is the traditional observance lodge Very out cool. there. But it was also the official visitation of the right worshipful deputy grandmaster, S. Eugene Herrett. And it was, uh, it was quite the, uh, the adventure. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I have two, uh, because of that, the two fellows I think you went with from New Mexico. Is yeah, that right? The guys from yeah. Mexico, yeah. I, have, uh, I interviewed them at the last Goose and Gridiron, actually, so I have that, which you can play later on. I'll give you that off my, uh, my recorder. If you, can figure, good if you can figure out how to get it off the recorder. Uh, yeah, well, I know how to do it now. There, there is actually a memory card in there. That magically wasn't there. Yeah, it wasn't I there I used to play years. the recorder in elementary school. <laughs> yeah, and to our dear brother, Larry Griffith, I do apologize. I, I made you go crazy looking for cords so that I could actually patch it into my laptop and send it over to Jason, you know, electronically. And neither one of us realized that there was a memory card in the recorder. It's, we're, we're a top shelf organization here. Whoa. Whoa, that was the best sound effect ever. <laughs> what the heck was that? So, so yeah, so here's how I, I made everybody angry. at uh, and, and I know these people are our listeners and our friends. So I'll just refer- So you make them mad again? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So 
we were going to have this joint fundraiser with Lodge 43. They were going to sell pork barbecue sandwiches at, on First Friday, which is a little get-together we have downtown. Um, and Wait, like, you're, you're the reason that didn't happen? Oh, yeah. It would have been nice if like, somebody from your lodge would have told us. That's why we left you guys. Bad communication. That's why, we, that's why we're Lodge 476 and not 43. Um, no, but the math was just not there. Um, they were going to have a... They, it would have worked maybe if the guys would have cooked the pork themselves. And they would have done it and volunteered the, the work. But they were going to pay a caterer to make up this thing. So now, like, if I think the most we could have made would have been $500. If we sold out, we would have made $500 and split it between the two lodges. But there was a huge chance that we're going to absolutely lose money on this event. So I just stood up and I'm like, um, so do we need the money? And they're like looking at me like I'm crazy. I, you know, when I was master in 2005, we had like $800,000 in the bank. What do we need the money for? And you're like, um, nothing. It's for charity. Oh, what charity? The dyslexic center. Oh, you mean the Scottish rights charity? And then they start looking at me again. I'm like, we don't have a charity. You know, like if you want to do the Scottish right charity, you, you're all Scottish right Masons. Just go there and do it with them. But, um, yeah, so I, I was the bad guy, but I got everybody out of it and I offered a hundred dollars if we didn't do it. That was, that was to be last Friday. Yeah. How was the weather last Friday? It was raining his butt yeah. off. I'm sorry. So what would have happened to that? <laughs> we would have lost about a thousand dollars. Thank yeah. you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So somebody's got to be, I'm, I'm, I'm the bad dad. What, in the relationship. what did you hear bad about dad. that? What was, what was the take at your lodge about it? Well, no, was, we had this joint open house and, and the masters got down, they got together and, and discussed the plan, who was going to do what. And it was just, we, we didn't know. And it, not that I care that it wasn't there. I agree. What was frustrating is that we showed up and we're like, wait a minute, where's the food? Because 43 has been inviting people down, you know, come down and have some pork barbecue. Oops. I mean, we, right. Did, exactly. anybody, <laughs> did anybody come down? We had half a dozen people. We had well, well, we, we would have sold six sandwiches. So you would have lost no, nine hundred eighty-seven dollars. Yeah, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. And when I say half a dozen people, we had half a dozen non-Masons. There were probably another 15, 20 members that came down. But and everybody came down. Oh, where's where's the pork barbecue? And I don't get, don't get me wrong, Pete. I understand the math. <laughs> what I'm saying is, we, math know, is hard. That was a pretty rough no-look pass. We've uh, we've just established a schism between forty-three and four seventy-six oh. on Lancaster now. <laughs> Can we leave again? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think can you we, can. Can we edit this? You'll come, 47, <laughs> 476 divided by two. You'll come crying back just like uh, Andrew Hershey. <laughs> so, so, Jack, this is my question on this one, on, on, on the charity thing. Um, since we don't really have a charity for Blue Lodge, and we're going to feed a, people. Except the Blue Lodge. Right. right. The, and, and its members and their widows and orphans. Almoners Fund. Right. Right. So, I mean, I'm saying, like, if we're going to do something to feed people, why don't we just do a traditional community meal and we cook and we feed people? Like, that's, you know, we don't need to raise money to pay for things to well, feed people. Well, this particular people. one wasn't about raising money. If we would have broke even, it would have been fine. It was about having an open house. I, yeah. will, I will say the pancake breakfast on Saturday, our lodge hosted at the Masonic Center. Uh, I will say that Larry Hudson, our our, our junior D, junior steward, am I right? He's a junior warden. Junior, junior warden. warden. Thank yeah. you. 
the junior warden went out and contacted so many organizations, businesses. He got stuff from Kunzler Meats. He got he got things from giant supermarket chain. I mean, and did he get anything from Walmart? <laughs> yeah, he did. You, yeah, yeah. Didn't you read, yeah, there was something on Facebook. And he still has it. Was really, I understand. <laughs> yeah, he told Larry told me to go to uh, Walmart, which is a treat any day, but especially right now when everybody's cashing their um, their income tax checks. He said you have to go to the customer service desk at Walmart, and um, they have a twenty five dollar gift card for you. So I was 20th in line. I was the only one not cashing an income tax <laughs> refund check. And uh, I asked about this card, and they're like, they don't, know, no, they don't know, know anything about it. I told them who to talk to, so they called this lady in Human Resources. And then they, okay, she'll be down. 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So the shell game once again, I just bought all of the pancakes for the pancake breakfast. and See, yeah. you wasted the opportunity, Pete, because... At 40 minutes at Walmart, you could have had a whole album of people of Walmart snaps and snarky. I will say I have brushed up on, um, I want to be a better citizen because I speak about four foreign languages now. (laughs) (laughs) At that Walmart? Yes. So anyway. All right. Let's take a, so yeah, there's, there's, there's a good point though. You know, those fundraisers, those, those food based fundraisers and stuff. Are, are only successful, really, if you can either overcharge for them, A, or if you get all the ingredients donated. And if you that's can't get that pretty done, much what he did. Yeah. Right, we're, we're just saying, like, hot dogs. Let's just, you know, if somebody wants to grab a... You can't walk. Oh, that was the other question. Well, where are people going to eat these pork barbecue? Do you have tables set up outside? No. Well, they could carry them inside. So a stranger who doesn't know our building is going to... You know, three years ago, we had a big one that was joint Lamberton 43, and it was a hit, but we... I mean, we hustled. It was in May, and we started planning in January. And really, I think the, the the lack of success for this one is that the lodges are just were spread so thin. Everybody's, you know, the amount of events have gone up, and the amount of people working them have gone down. Yeah. No, the number of people working them is the same. Well, yeah, or less. But it's the same. It's the same people. Yeah, for all yeah. of the events, and they're just well. We had out. the we had the breakfast that following Saturday morning. So here we are going to do something on Friday night. Some of the same people, and yet we're setting up and preparing to have the breakfast there. I mean, I, I, I don't mean we. I wasn't part of it. Yeah. But they did a fantastic job. I think they made six or $700 of profit. I took one profit. of the, I took my little kid and my wife came down. I mean, for the very first time, it was, it I was s- fine. I saw your picture there. Yeah, yes. it, was, it was a good time. Larry did an amazing job. Yeah, he did. He did. I mean, Walmart. And the, maybe guess not. where the money went? To the Dyslexia Center. Oh, our charity. It's a good charity. <laughs> it's a good charity. And maybe we should adopt them as our charity, but we can piggyback. But all right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and discuss more junk when I come back. You come back. Hey, welcome back. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll talk now about Masonic Con. Where was Masonic on? It was in uh, Attleboro, Massachusetts at Ezekiel Bates Lodge. And um, yeah, they had, uh, I think, 40, 50 vendors there. They had a handful of speakers, a bunch of the more professional podcasts. 
Oh, oh. Um, I suppose. What do you mean? Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> um, Offended. Yeah. Well, I resemble I mean, that remark. Yeah. So we had we had we had that. Um, they did a grotto ceremonial, <laughs> which is going to be good to talk about because I know those guys listen. Um, and then a uh, tall cedar ceremonial. Real quick, like super tall, like you're in that kind of a ceremonial. <laughs> Um, That's how I joined the so shrine. Without, without giving too much away, how how is that ceremonial different from our ridiculousness? Other than they take it seriously. Oh, you mean the the grotto? The grotto, yeah. Um, they actually used ours. I sent them a copy of our our script. Get out, really? But <laughs> even the, I, the guys that read it, only one guy, the guy that played His Majesty, the guy that you know plays the devil in the story. Um, he was the, he's, I forget his name, but he was the tall Cedars district deputy and he did it with lots of character and lots of flamboyance and made it like super fun. Okay. And all the men in the room were cracking up pretty much everybody else from Nava Grotto just read it straight. Played it straight. Uh, and it was painful. Yeah. It was very painful. Okay. But, um, I have to get him down for ours. Yeah. I mean, it only, it, it, it only works if you, you ham it up. Mm-hmm. But um, I will never forget Andrew Sterling as oh uh, the first time I saw Andrew share oh, oh my god that was classic I, I just that just ruined me for yeah ever I, I thought like, I thought Andrew was the first gay Mason we have ever it met was, it was kind of like when I saw Rocky Horror for the first time yeah <laughs> what what's going on so um anyway the Sonic Con so. Were, um, were there characters there? Was like Spider Man there and stuff? No, it would be really funny if people dressed up like <laughs> the numbers three, five, seven, walked around, or just did some. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by three, five, seven, uh, <laughs> and Glockenstein Slipper Company. So, yeah, but I, I was uh, sitting between Ryan Flynn. So it's uh, his great uh, website, ryanjflynn.com. He's a Masonic artist. Oh, I've seen his stuff. Yeah, yeah he does good stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's real personable, too. And I got a little interview that we're going to play here in a bit. I mean, like a minute. Um, and then um, I'm going to have to Google her name really quick. But I also got an interview from a lady to my left who's a PhD. Michelle in Snyder. A, Michelle Snyder. There you go. If you read the script. I, nobody reads your notes, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> but Michelle Snyder is uh, an expert in symbology, so she's pretty much like uh, uh, Dan Brown's. Um, what's, what was Tom Hanks' character's name? In the, the uh -oh. whatever, yeah. uh -oh. Robert Langdon. Yeah, Robert yeah. Langdon. Wow, Robert yeah. Langdon. <laughs> but yeah, she's really knowledgeable and um, Roberta Langdon. Yes, yeah. and it, it'll be a really good interview if Larry can uh, figure out how to contact her. Yeah. So I can get all of it. She sounded in, in the interview the, that I heard, she sounded like she would be fun for this group. She'll, she, she, yeah. Like, well, it. I mean, I could tell how passionate she was right. just by how she was talking. And, you know, she kept having like little rabbit holes that we could have followed. Like she'll mention something and. Is her expertise just Masonic symbology or? No, 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 no. no. Myth um, mythology and mythological history. She and is a true symbologist. Yes. And she's done all kinds of other stuff too, like with uh, children's books and, you know. I saw in one of the things she had was comparative symbology, like symbols that repeat in different cultures at different times. Gotcha. Yeah. Which most of ours do. Yeah. 
So yeah, you guys can so all talk about So is she more like Laura Croft or is she more like Robert Langdon? Ooh, I'd say Robert Langdon, but nobody's like thrown her in the trunk of a car, <laughs> as far as I know, or driven her through the streets of Paris. Yes. I'm sure, she, but she has been to Paris, I believe. I'm sure. There's lots of symbols. I there. think it's required when you get your PhD, you have to go to Paris. Yes, indeed. Yeah. That's what the P's for. You have to visit. You know, that you, that, you, yeah. Oh, it's all clear. Paris, now. Harvard, and uh, Dallas Town. Uh, yeah, you have to I visit. I thought it was Rutgers. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. All symbologists have to visit Mary Magdalene's tomb in the uh, Louvre. Louvre. In the Louvre. Louvre. Delivery. Oh, so that, that was it. Um, it was a fun time, um, but I'm glad it's over. It was 80 some degrees, so I wasn't selling a lot of scarves. <laughs> Wait, you got 80 degrees while you were there? Yeah, I got in Providence, in, in uh, New England, it was 80 degrees. And then I come home and the past couple of days I've been selling mattresses outside in the tent. And it's been 50 degrees and rainy. Yeah. I should have been scarf. selling scarves. Yeah. Praise warning tonight. Oh, so Larry... Yes. I'm looking at your agenda, but I'm looking at the wrong side. So uh, what else we have to talk about? Fan mail, hate mail. Well, yeah, fan mail, hate mail, basically. Did we ever uh, check our uh, email? Not our email, our... Uh, no, never. Our, <laughs> I, I almost... I our, was, our, we're so up to date. Our, I almost up-chucked, <laughs> I almost up-chucked into the microphone here. And there. Someone told me we have messages... On our phone. We'll, we'll have to dial in AOL, Larry. One of them, Jeff Moyer particularly, and he said some pretty nasty things, but probably worth a play. Jeff loves you. Yeah, I, I have it, but just like Jeff Moyer, it's not very interesting. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, snap. Well, we'll go into this. I'm not in charge of the multimedia. That's Pete. Okay. He presses those buttons. Well, see, I... I have no idea. I don't. I would not have do it on it anyway. But we we do love hearing from you. Let me get the point out. Even though we may not listen to the messages promptly, we do love hearing from you. Uh, you can send us an email at masoniclightpodcast at gmail dot com, or you can call us uh, and leave a message at area code three one five five nine six two seven six six. That's three one five five nine Mason. Uh, you can also make sure you can check out our website at MasonicLight.com. And we do like hearing from people. We really do. And I promise you, as of today, we'll be a little bit more on the ball in retrieving our messages. Don't lie to them. Well, we retrieve them just fine. We just don't play them. Uh, well, let's take a, Larry's giving me the, uh, the time the finger. symbol. <laughs> so let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is uh, Pete. I'm here at MasonicCon. I'm with Michelle, Michelle Snyder, the symbologist. Right. Uh, Michelle, tell us about uh, your, your background and what you write. Well, uh, around 2000, I decided that I had to do something besides teach little kids art. And I started to study symbolism. And um, I got very fascinated with both alchemy and Masonic symbolism. And um, done decades of research. So before my husband was even a Mason, I was studying the symbols of Masonry. Went to the University of Wales and did a post-grad research thesis on prehistoric symbols. And I find that most symbols that are used, especially by Masons, go way back in prehistory. Uh, like the Tau, which is a symbol for perfect vertical. 
and perfect horizontal. It was used to signify the measurement of the elevation of a star from the horizon. And that's at least five to 6,000 BC. Wow. So lots of fun stuff like that. I've got several books out on symbology uh, in context of history and how they were used and who made them. Symbology is a language. You have to you have to interpret this language in context. Is there um, is there a website where one of our listeners could go and just see yep. all, all your stuff together? Yep. You can go to whitenightstudio.com, which is K-N-I-G-H-T, as in the White Knight to the rescue. Whitenightstudio.com, and I also have a blog there where you can read some of the articles I write. I've also written uh, several fairy tales and a trilogy, so those are the fun ones. Awesome. Well, what we'll probably like to do, um, we'll probably read something of yours. Okay. And then uh, maybe sometime we can call you up and do an interview on the on the air. That would be wonderful. I would love that. I appreciate it. Especially if you wear the shiny hat. This a- is like, absolutely, absolutely got to have the hat. I'll either wear that or my uh, my ugly pyramid from uh, Tall Cedars. Either way, I like pyramids too. Thanks. <laughs> Those are cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, everybody. This is uh, Pete, and I'm here with Ryan. Uh, Ryan Flynn, uh, accomplished Masonic artist. Ryan, tell us a little bit bit about your work. Uh, Yeah, I um, paint mostly a Renaissance style of uh, oil painting, and I do everything from uh, classic Masonic scenes to uh, portraits of past masters, past grandmasters. Just trying to bring back the old style of art back into uh, masonry. Okay, so that's not Santa Claus up there. That is uh, not. That is Albert Pike. Oh, but we uh, close. Yeah, we uh, as Brian Simmons calls it, it's Masonic Claus. Sounds good. <laughs> That's how we roll it. That's yeah. how our interviews work. <laughs> uh, so um, where, can, uh, where can people find you? What's your, uh, your website? Yeah, I have a website, uh, ryanjflynn.com, and uh, I do a lot of stuff on Facebook, so it's just Ryan Flynn Artist Sounds Facebook. Good. Well, we'll we'll mix you into our horrible podcast, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll send you a link when we yeah. get it all done. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to lose it. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. And I found the alleged clip that we I didn't play. So here's the voicemail from Brother Jeff Moyer. And Larry, I think you're going to be um, upset that you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, Maris, this is Moyer calling. I know I'm a little bit behind, but I've just listened to episode 25. You're a mess. I believe the only thing <laughs> on the payroll at the Sonic Life podcast is for two tax credits for mentally impaired and senior citizens. You remind me of old past master. Yak, 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 you never listen. I think I'm going to stop coming to the Goose and Great Iron Breakfasts. Bye. <laughs> so, a, lot, a lot of love. A lot, a lot of love. love, there, yeah. love. We're feeling it. Fraternal. Oh, yeah. See, you should have just let me, like, making fun of Jeff. But I played it, now... Uh, well, you remember when I was on the cruise, you guys, uh, our first year, probably our third or fourth show we had. Ju- our first year, like last week, you mean? Like- <laughs> no, no. <laughs> a year ago, you guys had Jeff Moyer on as a guest. I'm on a ship in the middle of the ocean, and I listened to the podcast. It was the worst podcast we ever it was did. Not. It was awful. It was terrible. We hadn't didn't find ourselves yet. We were still asking him straight up serious yeah, questions. Yeah, it, un- it was unfunny. It wasn't oh, bad. It was just oh, not. I, obviously, he's got he's sunk got a, to the depths that we've sunk to. Right. Now. Yes. He can obviously uh, make fun of you and have fun. Yes. And I know when I got when I got back or over there, I don't know if I said it. I said, "What the hell did you two guys do?" 
and I know probably upset Pete because he's been after me ever since, but no, he hasn't. <laughs> so anyway, but it, it was, and actually it really, in, 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 in all respect. For God's sake, Larry, get it out. It, wow. It wasn't Jeff's fault. Maybe Jeff's right. Uh, I think Pete had a hangover can we get a, day. Can we get a tax credit? Can we get a tax credit? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Can anybody claim you as a... We have zero income, <laughs> so... Oh, he puts the depends in independence. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Okay, guys. So, so the, the hate mail is going to roll in on this one. Good. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah bring it on. Uh, yeah. You know, that worked for um, pretty much every politician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You say something obnoxious, you get played everywhere. So that well, in episode twenty-seven, I think we talked about ageism. So let, let's just let's just stick. Yeah, yeah. That. Right, well, well, Larry. Yes. Yeah, what it, we talked about there is because probably, you're incompetent, not because you're exactly. That's what, what we're talking impo- about. In, Correct. What we talked about incompetent. there. We, we incontinent. Incontinent. Right. <laughs> what we talked about. Yeah. What, what we talked about there. We took care of things, and everything was fine until just a while ago. <laughs> and then there was Moyer. We took a, a step forward and 10 steps backward. We're getting it again. That's how he does. <laughs> so remember, I gave you the phone number, 315-59-MASON. Mason. <laughs> Call, leave a message. We'd like to hear from you. And this episode is brought to you by Red Swedish Fish. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Man, All right. sugar Jack, high. so let's ah. just get into Jack's serious co- topic. Wait, what? Let's get into your serious topic today. What serious topic? Your news item. Oh, that's my news item. Uh, uh, all right. I mean, I can do it straight or I, I Well, no, I, you can I do can, it silly or straight. I it's can, a good story. We'll I talk can about do, it. Uh, Brother Cronkite, and then we can. Then we'll talk about it sort of seriously. All right. So, Masonic News. There we go. Good news, everyone. Masonic Light News. News not fit to print. It was recently announced that the Grand Lodge of New York had suspended recognition of the Grand Lodge of Scotland. And while that may make many a Mason wonder why, the answer will make your head spin. According to popular Masonic blogger Chris Hodap of Freemasons for Dummies fame, it seems that back in 2008, there was a group of Masons from the District of Columbia who chartered a new lodge in the country of Lebanon should be noted that lodges in Lebanon have been chartered there by Scotland, France, England, Turkey, the Ottoman Empire, Mrs. Butterworth, Colonel Sanders, and apparently the Grand Lodge of New York, who claims jurisdiction over that tiny country. But wait, we're talking about Scotland. It seems several members of the New York Lodges were involved in this D.C. Chartered Lodge and were, as a result, expelled by the Grand Lodge of New York. These same men, no longer Masons, gained admission to an Italian Lodge and through that affiliation were ultimately recognized by the Grand Lodge of Scotland. Fast forward to now, and while the Grand Lodge of Scotland happily recognizes the disputed lodge in Lebanon, They refused to honor the expulsion of the previously expelled New Yorkers. The Grand Lodge of New York declared the situation, yo, unacceptable, and drops the Masonic hammer. Thus, the fraternity demonstrates once more how unlikely it is 
that Freemasons actually rule the world. You can find details of this craziness at freemasonsfordummies.blogspot.com. <clears throat> and that's the Masonic News. So mote it was. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me, let me pull back. I actually uh, pulled a lot of this off of Chris Hodap's blog spot. And on it, he posts the, the actual document from the Grand Lodge of New York with all the whereases and heretofores and all that kind of regular nonsense. And it does appear that, they, that these guys were legitimately ejected, expelled from New York Masonic affiliation which should render them unacceptable in any Grand Lodge anywhere. If properly known. If properly known, not of any lodge in the whole world, right? So what's happened is through a backdoor process, and, and we, we think it was through a lodge in Italy, these guys came to be recognized by the Grand Lodge of Scotland so that what New York is really objecting to isn't this lodge in Lebanon. It's these three guys who they've expelled and they expect Scotland to recognize that expulsion and no longer have affiliation with that lodge, which is in violation with, with blah, 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 blah. So you've got DC and, and that's in 2008. You got, you've got Washington, you've got Italy, you've got Scotland, you've got New York, but basically the, the beef right here is between New York and Scotland because Scotland refuses to recognize that these guys are expelled. So from my read, it's legit, it's petty, but it's real. And, and the biggest aspect of this that I can see is jurisdictional respect, right? So. My, my, my question to you, and we talked about this earlier, was this, a, was this a particular Grand Lodge in Italy who sanctioned this? I, the, 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 that that's where I'm a little fuzzy, and it's not clear yeah. on the blog yeah. spot. Yeah, because I know there's like the Garibaldi Lodge in New York. That's a there are American lodge. Six Grand Lodges. There, in there's Italy. a whole bunch of Grand oh, okay. Lodges in Italy, just like there are in France, and each one has its own. We whatever. have like fifty in the United States. Not but all the, of them. But the back door was in Italy. But it, apparently, <clears throat> from from what I got off of the blog spot, apparently the back door was in Italy somewhere, and then they came to be recognized somewhere else. But it's, there's a there's a joke there somewhere so we're just like let that one go yeah we're just <laughs> sorry i heard it after i said it i'm sorry yeah. so um what's really interesting is here's a little country in the in the middle of the middle east of about four million people which is just a couple of hundred thousand more than oregon and they've got like seven grand lodges and and they're chartered in a half a dozen different countries all over the world they're they're like terrifically active in masonry in, in a whole lot of various aspects. Nobody quite knows where the jurisdictional lines are. And I mean, think about all the, all the crossed borders and, and cross contamination of, of, of cities and towns and stuff. It's, it's really crazy that there should be that much masonry in a little country like Lebanon. Agreed. And it does sound petty and I, but you know, we had, you know, uh, national officers arguing about Fez height a few years back. So, I mean, I guess this is a little bit less petty. It's Fez envy is what yeah, they like. Yeah. Um, but, 
you know. I don't have an answer. I don't know. It went out. It went out. I mean, I, the first place I saw it was on Facebook and I was like, what is that? Cause really? And then as I dug deeper into it and I started to recognize that it's jurisdictional, right? And there's, there's nothing more sacrosanct in Freemasonry, or at least there wasn't un, until you get to this topic of jurisdiction. And if, if, if you are the jurisdiction, if you're, if you're the Grand Lodge having jurisdiction, there's no higher authority. Right. So that's it. I, I think what Freemasonry needs is a uh, body, a useless body, kind of like the United Nations that can write tersely written letters oh. on behalf of. Oh, don't make me hurt you. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, I thought, I thought there's that... so many chiefs here. Every every jur- every jurisdiction has their grandmaster. And there's, you know, rightfully. I mean, I like it, but there's nobody for them to report to and to put the smack down on them. I, I thought the United Grand Lodge of England was our mother lodge, and we should report to her. No, no, we're wrong. We're just claiming the three hundred years for tourism. <laughs> no, no, but what what that is? Of course, the Grand Lodge of England didn't even start three hundred years ago. They merged. It was the Provincial Grand Lodge in 1717. Wasn't <laughs> even the one now. It's a lie. Ooh. Well, it was the it was the <laughs> premier Grand Lodge. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. The the um, the the point, though, is that that Mother Lodge, that UGLE, um, is, is sort of like the hub of the wheel. And, 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 and it doesn't have supreme, supremacy over any of the other Grand Lodges. But it seems like we all look there for mutual recognition. And that's what, that's what New York is doing, is they're, is they're just, you know, they're, they're waving to the referee saying, hey, wait a minute, we're calling foul here because this other guy is not playing by the same rules that we've all agreed to play to. And I, I got to say, I read the, if you read the document, um, and it is there on, on Hodap's um, blog post, it's pretty clear. But, you know, three times we told you people that these guys are not good guys and that we threw them out. And three times you've ignored us. So we're throwing the hammer down. This is it. So that's what, that's what that, that little bleep that you heard in the Masonic world and what does it was. really affect travel like like new york masons can't go to scotland oh oh but but the grand lodge of new york scheduled their annual trip to edinburgh uh, i'm sure they're gonna get a warm welcome yeah how about that what oh my what? goodness yeah so hi we're here I, I think it means if you're a new york mason recognized by the grand lodge of New York, you can't. Uh, we being Pennsylvanians, we that we're not part of it, that. It it really it it should mean that. I think what it means on a higher level is that they won't receive each other's grand officers. Mm-hmm. I think if you're a Mason and you're going there and you want to say hello to somebody, I, I think I think that's like sort of. I'm not going to say it's under the radar, but it's. I think that's still you know okay because probably the guys in the local lodges aren't going to know about it anyway. Um, but it definitely means the formal, you know, separation and it's a, it's a suspension. It's not, they haven't revoked it. They've just suspended it for the time being until they can get this problem. And explain to me the Lebanon thing again, having a hard time getting my head around that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> were these three so, guys instrumental so in, in they chartering were, lodge? They were, they were instrumental in chartering, in chartering that lodge. Um, they were, um, because the grand lodge of New York claimed jurisdiction, over Lebanon, um, the the 
the dispute, the original dispute in 2008 was between New York and DC. They worked it out. The lodge is still there. So they worked out the recognition issue between them. Um, but apparently these three guys, for whatever reason, at that time or there or thereabouts were expelled from the Grand Lodge of New York. So basically if they were charter members of a lodge in Lebanon when they were technically not Masons, then that lodge opened clandestinely as well. I I, I don't know the details well enough to go there. Gotcha. But, but there they were somehow they were somehow involved in the in the origin of that particular lodge and, and it that pissed off New York. New York threw them out. They went through a back door and, and gained, regained recognition through some other lodge. And when they got called out, they were, you know, everybody just kind of turned the other cheek because it's all about the dues, right? And just so all you know, about the dues. Just so you know, listeners, Pete got the flask out. Yeah, the um, <laughs> thank you to um, Navagrado for selling me a new Fez case from Turin and Company, which has a double flask insert in the very center of the uh, the Fez case. So so jealous. Yes, it's now well, it's now I have to provide liquor. But there's a hole around the flask even. What goes in the in the center of that? How there's, about there's two halves. Right. And when you when you put them together, listen to room, listen to this with your ears. There's room for um, a shot glass. Oh, that okay, I got it. So if you're not a heathen like me and just just Chugging the from the back. flask. <laughs> yeah, you could put a, uh, a shot glass in there. Okay. To be more. Uh, that's genius. Cultured. Cultured as you're drinking clandestinely <laughs> out of your Fez case. <laughs> I'm going to have to start oh, well. carrying my uh, Shrine Fez in there just to, so Grotto doesn't get a, any worse of a name. Oh, the funniest thing. So I do have one more aside about uh, Masonic Con a little bit late. Um, Five or six brothers came up to me and were like, so last year when you were here with Jake, um, you guys, you guys really pissed off the Grand Master of Rhode Island. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Um, they, they just were not. It was no worse than Blue Lodge Grandmaster or Grotto? Blue Lodge Grandmaster. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I mean, and I think when I said something like, how many how many lodges are in the state? And I referenced it being kind of like a district deputy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I apologize to the state of Rhode Island and its Masonic officers, <laughs> past and present. <laughs> the producers of this podcast are not responsible for the ridiculous comments of its host. Uh, well, that's two states you've ticked off. Yeah. yeah so. The other one being Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> yeah. They're burning effigies of you in Ohio right now, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Ohio is a pretty tough state to avoid if you want to go west from Pennsylvania. I mean, I think I could get by with not going to Rhode Island. I think hey, when I sold guitars, I had to travel to Ohio. It's not that fun. We did hear from the uh, gentleman that was representing. Uh, who, who I think he was running for office or something like that from Grotto, or someone from Ohio that you had yeah. So uh, a prophet uh, Dave Korb is uh, running for um, Supreme Captain of the Guard. Yes, yes. The job that Victor has this year, um, and he's a you know great fellow, but he's kind of got that Midwestern kind of dry sense of humor, even tempered. 
you know, and of course us East coasters are just a little bit off. <laughs> like, yeah. Telling him the best part of Ohio is the, the Sabaro at the rest area. <laughs> but he did come back and say today or the other day on, on Facebook, he says, we don't put our interstates through the best part of the state. <laughs> So, I mean, okay. So, that maybe if we oh, leak it off the interstate. He's got a solid right there. He's got a sense of humor. Really yeah. so, All right. So, That's Dave Corb. Yeah, we'll see if we can get Dave on the line uh, one of these days to talk about. Uh, he could tell us how great Ohio is. And maybe we can find somebody from Rhode Island to talk up uh, the tourism. The, the Convention Visitors Bureau of Rhode Island can come on our podcast. <laughs> Oh. All right, we'll take another break and we'll come back. We have uh, a little bit more shenanigans. Larry's blah, blah, blah. What he said. Roll tape. You're about to enter Corpora Obscura, the realm of weird fraternal organization. Leave your Freemasonry behind. Prepare to meet druids, caliphs, and wild creatures. Knock thrice and enter at your own risk. In the world of old fraternal groups, sometimes we know a lot, and sometimes only a little. Today on Corpora Obscura, we take a dive into a small southern benevolent society that is mostly lost to time. Based in Florida, the Lily White Security Benevolent Association was composed of African Americans of both genders who worked to provide better living conditions and opportunities to their members. On a flyer printed in the mid-20th century, they claim to be the largest benevolent society in the state of Florida. The flyer goes on to proclaim the strength of the organization. Over 650 units in Florida and Georgia, all of them built on Christian principles. An educational fund to aid young preachers to secure theological training. An educational fund to aid high school graduates to secure college training. Our strong and solvent financial condition with an asset structure of nearly $1 million. 25,000 members in the senior and junior departments. Three beautiful temples worth over $80,000, one of which is by all odds the most commodious and largest owned by blacks south of Jacksonville. They were bought for cash and never have been mortgaged. Our well-appointed 33-bed hospital is worth over $150,000. It was built for cash and has never been mortgaged. Our major officers under surety bond with a million-dollar company. Our financial existence, exceeding $60,000 to preachers and churches and charitable donations and more than $50,000 to sick and afflicted. We give full-time employment to men and women as clerks, maids, nurses, cooks, laundresses, nurses, aides, and janitors. The Lily Whites own $15,000 in war bonds, five apartments on rent, and 31 vacant lots in the city of Tampa. The Lily White Hospital has been completely air-conditioned at a cost of $10,000 for the convenience and comfort of our members. The Lily White Rest Haven was built and furnished for $60,000 and also, you guessed it, has never been mortgaged. It has 20 beds for Lily Whites who have come to advanced age or suffered an incurable accident. It is also completely air-conditioned. The Lily White Society is rich in love and charity and has no regrets for the past, no apologies for the present, nor fears for the future, as the Lord is on our side. All of these features sound really impressive, right? Unfortunately, the association did not last long and is thought to now be extinct. Want to know more? 
You can learn about historic fraternal groups and the effect they had on America by visiting and supporting the J.H. Rathbone Museum, located in Lafayette, Indiana, and on the web at www.jhrathbonemuseum.org. Hey, you just heard uh, Corpus Obscurum. I said it properly, correct? Yep. Corpus Obscurum with uh, Seth Anthony. Thank you, Seth. Um, so, Larry, you didn't get to say a dirty word. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm, I'm looking at the at the uh, script that we try to follow here, and I realized I didn't even spell so, it properly. What do you guys uh, have going on coming up in the next couple of weeks? Stated meeting on Wednesday. A couple of, we have three extra meetings this month. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen degrees this month. Going through the the long way, the normal way. We have four fellow craft, three entered apprentice, six, but I think a couple guys have canceled. But uh, we have max six uh, one day class. These are still holdovers from the one day class in October that weren't able to make it. Oh wow! But they're all like. High-ranking officials in their profession. Right. That's a lot. Damn. Larry, do you have anything going on? No, actually, I've got two weeks of solitude and peace, so no, I'm nothing really. <clears throat> Mr. Harley, anything going on? I'm missing everything in my Blue Lodge uh, this week. The, our regular state of meetings tomorrow, and we have an extra meeting in uh, on Thursday, and I will miss both of those, which makes me sad. But Jeez. I'm off on business, so... Hey, it's important. She'll not interfere with my usual vocations. Oh, as usual, I forgot something. Sure. Hang on, let me get the date. Grotto's early this month, 21st. Yeah, yeah because <clears throat> it's on a holiday, would, would have been on a holiday weekend. Yeah. Whatever the third Tuesday, I guess that's the 16th. So it'll be the day after this episode's out. I can install this junior warden in the Lodge Perfection. <gasps> Ooh. You know what the bonus? It's election day, too. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's the primary, so there'll be all kinds of civilians watching you in your tuxedo. Because I have to leave at 6 in the morning for work and don't get home until 5. You just have to wear your tuxedo Wah. all day. No, I want to vote. I want to vote locally. Yeah. it's kind of There's a important uh, school board decision for my township that's you know weighing heavily on a lot of people's minds. Yeah, we have four open council men slash women in the city. Does that pay? Council? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it does. I don't know. Uh, Jack, anything else? That's it? J Jason, because he interrupted you. I was yeah, I'm sorry, Jack. No, I'm sorry. I, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I have a big excite. I have two exciting things this week. Uh, Wednesday, if any of you guys want to go, um, I'm going to a tequila tasting at uh, my brother's bar. Um, Biological brother? No, brother, uh, brother gotcha. Masonic brother owns uh, Brendy's Tavern, oh, 449 ah. West Lemon Street. So you guys can come to the bar, but this event will already be over by the time you're hearing this. Um, <laughs> so, you, But I'm sure they wouldn't mind if you came. Right, if you came and actually paid for tequila, they, they would like It's an Irish bar owned by an Italian. Larry, Is take it, a note. Charge Brendy's for a sponsor. Yeah, okay. The owner's half Italian, half Puerto Rican. He owns an Irish bar, and they're having a tequila tasting. Does he own Hildy's, too? No, that's another fine, upstanding citizen. Yeah. Well, Hildy's is on my block, and then Brendy's is blocked block away. <clears throat> so... Uh, I have an exciting weekend. That's cool. Tall Cedars National Convention. Oh. Oh, oh God. Wildwood, New Jersey. Wow. Oh. So, uh, Why are you going? Because I'm the junior deputy Grand Tall Cedar. All right. So. Um, is Mrs. Monarch on? Yes. We're excited. Do we go? 
You driving down with Larry and his wife? No. Um, <laughs> we're, we're driving down ourselves just because we, we like our privacy. Um, they are sharing a room with Larry and his so wife. We, so here's the deal. We're, the York Forest and the Lancaster Forest, we go together. Uh, we share a hospitality room. And we get a whole motel to ourselves. So, like, our two forests have the Royal Hawaiian Motel or something. Wildwood's fun. Yeah. And if you guys don't know Wildwood, Wildwood Crest is an old-timey little beach town. And they've really tried to keep it so there's little tiny drive-up mom-and-pop motels instead of big skyscraper condos and things. And And Tall Cedars fits in perfectly with that motif. You know... (laughs) I'm going to interrupt again, but I really, I thought we were going to talk about High 12. You went to High 12, didn't you? Oh, yes, yeah, Larry, I did. He, he said so earlier in the week, yeah. oh my goodness, I have exciting stuff to talk about. So much exciting stuff. I forgot about High 12. Totally, totally. It, I'll, I'll tell you, I went to High That's 12. That's why they call it High 12. <laughs> high 12. I went there. Long-term loss of short-term. And long. frankly, it's going to be a while before. Now, I, I don't want to, if, if any, 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 which I doubt, I don't think we have many listeners at High 12. Maybe two or three. You have the second vice president sitting across from you. <laughs> yeah. But I, anybody, I mean, I look at that audience, there's no way, okay? And it was a terrible meeting. It was not good. Why? It, well, <sighs> Gilbert and Sullivan, that's all I need to say. That was okay, the program. Okay. Oh, that was oh, the program. Oh, okay. That was the program. A history of Gilbert and Sullivan. I mean, it, it and it was well done by uh, by a, by a music teacher. I, I retired. am the very model of a modern major general. Yes, you, you know, are. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, the speaker he spoke at our lodge many times. I went through York right with him. He's super knowledgeable about music. He's very, very, very knowledgeable. One of the most knowledgeable people. Yeah, he is definitely. You just think the topic the topic uh, wasn't for you. You know, the topic wasn't for me. I'm sorry. But did other people enjoy it? Uh, I think half of them were probably asleep. Conversation for another show. What makes an interesting meeting? What makes it? That's true. And and we got to break it up because what's good for Blue Lodge may not be good for Tall Cedars and yada yada. So, and if anybody came to Grotto, they get you know harassed off the stage. So now here's the thing. I went there, scared to death, because there was a position open for second vice president. You're going to get sucked into the and vortex. Then, but it's hard for people to make eye contact. And dark glasses, Larry. Dark possibly, glasses. Possibly first I, I uh, vice president. I did not turn around whatsoever and look at anybody down at that end of the floor. And then <laughs> the first vice president right now, job-wise, is his hours are increasing. And he might not be able to take on that responsibility. Because we meet at noon. I would say, Larry, I think one of our, our general things that we all agree on is if you're going to complain about something, be ready to have a solution and step up. So why don't you jump in there and you can provide quality speakers? No, 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 no. First off, I think uh, a lot of the times having speakers there just to have speakers there is ridiculous. You know, a year from now, then I think my employer would be sympathetic if I had to go run, you know, once a month a meeting down there. But I got to tell you, you know, being 40... Running that group. I mean, when I joined that group, I didn't even lower the average age. So I think that it's going to be a challenge if I you know, we, become here, president of that group trying to find relevant yeah. speakers. Here, here we all are being ageists again. So, But well, I'm in the mix. Have, I'm in the mix. I just I just have a hard time with some of it, really. But, but it's a tough group 
by nature because it's high 12, it meets at high noon on a weekday. So you're limiting your audience to retired people and then the occasional person who has a crappy kind of like scheduled job. Like maybe you're a police officer and you're working Ooh, when I joined, I night was shift or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not a ton of young, younger guys there just by working hours. By virtue of the timing. Yeah. But I mean, we can, we already know from doing the goose and gridiron breakfast that it's a formula that works. That's right. But I think what works with our breakfast is we're there, we're there for the fellowship. We're not there for the speaker. Correct. Correct. And, and, and if I was to become the uh, president there, I think I would, I would use that. Did you say uh, when? No, no. I said if. Oh. Uh, I, I would go for the fellowship aspect of it. We don't have to have a speaker every time. We really, really don't. It's ridiculous. I think the other part of that, though, is, you know, it is a couple's afternoon. So I think they do that to cater to the, the, the couples. I watch the people during the, the, uh, the, the, the speaker, the, his, his, uh, his speech. And I looked around the room and the attention value was, how shall I say, fair. So call and, and leave your comments um, at, uh, what is it, 301-59 Mason, is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. What's the number, Larry? Oh, God. Let's hear that one again, Larry. 315-596-2766. I'm sitting on my wallet in the whole damn Oh, never do that. Uh, how's the left arm, Larry? Left arm's fine. Jason, dial 91. <laughs> and just, just sit on the last digit. <laughs> Tell me, tell me when I need to hit send, Larry. <laughs> Larry, we have a, I have a very narrow set of stairs. Do a, do a square to the paramedic. Wait till you get upstairs. Yeah. 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 Oh, jeez. Oh, but you know, I, I look at some Here's of these. Larry's aorta. <laughs> some of these older guys that are like. Here's a positive thing that I want to say about the, our, our senior members. A lot of those guys, they picked whatever appended body they were into. And that's where they camped out, and that's their life. Like, yeah. See, for me, that's Blue Lodge, right now. Yeah. I mean, I see these guys. There's some guys in Tall Cedars that are past everything, and they go, they travel, they do all this stuff. They might be members of some other stuff, but Tall Cedars is where they spend their time. Mm -hmm. And I see other guys that are definitely um, Scottish Rite guys, and that's where, you know, and and the Shrine back in the day, the Shrine was a huge family thing because you had all the different units, and you could camp out there and. Never go to Blue Lodge. Yeah, but now I just see all of us are, because our Blue Lodges, for the most part, are just meetings, a business meeting. That's not so fun anymore. It's business and manda you know, mandated fun. Yeah, so I don't know. But that, that that's a 10-hour show. We could never get it that, answered. Uh, that, uh, that is another show. Really, it is. Uh, it, it's it's kind of sad in the way. Changes in the air, maybe. People want to change the way we do things at a regular stated meeting, and there's a lot of resistance that's thrown up in them. And you know, it's change. Never heard of her. Ah. Anyway, hey, Larry, take us out of here. We've had enough. Well, first off, I want to I want to give a shout out. Really, this is really important. I want to shout out to J H Rathbone Museum, and you can contact them or look them up on the internet at www.jhrathbonemuseum.org. They're a museum and a library dedicated to preserving the rich history of fraternal organizations in the United States. And you can also, if you're in Lafayette, Indiana, 
which is probably about the middle of the state, right? A little bit northwest of whatever's in the middle of Indiana. Yeah, so if you're going down Highway 80, you're not going to make that trip. But anyway, they're in Lafayette, Indiana, and they've got a beautiful building. Stop by to see them. It's, it's really a worthwhile. It's two hours from Pete's uh, in-laws. I, I have a, um, I have a um, lifetime membership to the Museum of Physiology. Do they have a reciprocal agreement? Because uh, he is a museum. Seth's basement is a museum <laughs> of fraternal treasures. And it is. The Museum of Physiology is on their uh, letterboard. Oh, very nice. And Seth is on their board of directors, too, by the way. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Is. Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> but it's a shout out. This is a pretty good organization. And I think a lot of Seth's corpus obscurum. Uh, uh, a lot of the information he gets had from the Had to get that library. in there, didn't he? Had to, had to get that, uh, Corpus yeah. Obscurum, yes, 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 indeed. Can we play the banjo music now? Yeah, let's I thought we should. Oh, boy. I well, want to give special thanks to again tonight. We are finally back at uh, Monarch Studios. Thanks to the host of Monarch. It's great to be here. Yeah. We missed it. Uh, the broadcast is a little bit more quality right now. Uh, also, lawnmower free. Also, too, to our to our wonderful our wonderful producer Jason uh, Lewis, who continues to eat Swedish to, fish. To, 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 yeah, to eat Swedish fist, fish, fist, to Swedish fish. Are those Colorado Swedish fish? Uh, Swedish fist is completely different. Oh, oh no! Stop. Completely no. different. Oh. Did you have any of that in Masonic? Oh, 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 no. Uh, uh, anyway, Jason, we love you. Jack Harley, our news director. What? R.C. McCarvey, uh, brother on the street. Uh, and Seth Anthony for his insight into fraternities that we had no idea that existed. And uh, again, uh, to our grammar consultant, I am Shirley Wright. Our foreign news correspondent, incidentally, Irma Blather is going to make a guest appearance on our next show. Do we recognize uh, her country? Uh, yeah, it's England. Yeah, she's not part of Scotland. And uh, we'll, she's still recovering from her travels, so we're going to have a, a nice little chat with her, and I'll be able to play that for you. And uh, again, uh, a recognition of our law firm, Hammer, Hammer, and Boom. Well, this is Larry. Good night, or good day, or wherever you're at. Jason. Jack. And Pete. Hey, bye-bye. You said R.C. McCurvy. <laughs> I, I choked on my fish. Mm -hmm.